This is Jordan Edwards, and this is the Business Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. Good afternoon, Colton Crawford. Hey, man. How are you doing? Pleasure. Very, very good. Thank you for uh, coming on to the Business Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. This is awesome. Yeah, really excited to uh, talk to you and get to know you. You have a very uh, interesting background, and um, it's amazing all the people that Jiu-Jitsu brings together and from all over the world and all over. But you're a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt. Mm -hmm. uh, you're Canadian, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, Canadian. Yeah, you're uh, the lead banjo player for the Dead South. That's right. Uh, a great band. I was checking you guys out on uh, Spotify at 60 million views on your number one song and and yeah. counting across all of your other songs really really cool um you're a indie video game producer yeah I, i'm very excited to learn a little bit more about yeah i just started that so we can talk <laughs> about that for sure but uh i see so many parallels between business and music um i'm not a musician but i i've been musical my whole life like i've just always been Music's been a very important part of my life. Uh, going to live music, especially especially in my 20s before I had kids and before COVID. Hopefully, we, live music becomes a, a, a consistent thing again. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> but uh, oftentimes when I'm talking about jiu-jitsu or teaching jiu-jitsu to beginners, I talk about it musically where, you know, the the aspect of doing jiu-jitsu is taught like notes, like do, 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 do. But performed, it's do 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 do, do. and you know, so totally. there's just there's just a, there's a, there's a lot of parallels in that in business. But please, uh, I'd love to hear a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how'd you grow up, how'd you find jujitsu. Well, uh, I was born in Edmonton, Alberta. I grew up in uh, Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, which is a small city in kind of the northern half of the province. Um, I started doing taekwondo when I was ten years old, um, and I loved it. Uh, it was kind of like my passion, big part of my identity growing up, um, competed, um, just kind of everything revolved around Taekwondo. Uh, when I was 18, after I finished high school, I moved to Regina, Saskatchewan, which is where I live now. Um, and when I was there, when I moved there, I met, uh, some people through Taekwondo who also did jujitsu. <laughs> I started training at, uh, uh, Jeff Wiley's jujitsu gym. Jeff Wiley was the, uh, the first black belt in Saskatchewan. First Jiu-Jitsu Black Belt in Saskatchewan and uh, started training there. And it wasn't long uh, into my Jiu-Jitsu journey that it kind of took over Taekwondo. And I was just, I fell in love with it. I loved the grappling. I love that you could train hard without getting hit. That was a real nice plus. Yeah. Um, and it just seemed so much more effective and, and realistic. And I loved the the chess match and, and learning about all the different positions and everything. I just fell, fell in love with it. So um john danner has that famous quote where he says the first time he rolled with it i think it was a purple belt or something and he just said he wanted to at least be competent in it and yeah i felt that it felt like a superpower like it felt like these people i was training with even blue belts um when i first started it was just like wow this power that they have is incredible and i need to i need to at least be sort of decent at this so so i did jujitsu i got my blue belt trained for yeah I've trained for two years got my blue belt um and then I was broke in university and started wrestling with the U of R wrestling team uh, because I couldn't afford my jujitsu fees. Did that for a couple of years. And then there was like a five-year break when we started the band um, that I didn't train at all. And then a friend of mine, guy I started with at White Belt, actually, John Nikolaychuk, opened a gym here in town about five years ago. And uh, I've been training 
kind of full, not full time, but I've been training like regularly ever since yeah. he opened the gym. So that's classic, uh, classic big break at blue belt, but back at it now. So that's good. That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and tell me about how and when you found music and how you ended up in uh, this fantastic band. Uh, so I started playing piano at age five. My mom was, a. Uh, uh, she taught me the piano, me and my sister. Um, age 12, I begged my mom. I wanted, I didn't like piano when I was a kid and I wanted to play the guitar so bad. And I begged my mom and begged my mom and begged my mom. And finally, when I was 12, she let me start taking guitar lessons. So I started playing acoustic guitar at 12, electric a little, little after that and got really into like heavy metal, played in bands with friends in high school and that kind of thing. And then in 2012, actually some buddies that I wrestled with on the U of R team we're roommates with Nate, who's the singer uh, for the Dead South. And him and I met and we kind of bonded over like the new new grass kind of thing that was happening, like Mumford and Sons, Trampled by Turtles, uh, The Devil Makes Three, all these kind of bands we both really liked. And we just kind of started. I had just gotten a banjo and was just starting to learn how to play. And so him and I started jamming together and playing open mics. And then, yeah, we had some lineup changes early on, but um yeah, shortly after Danny and, and Scott joined and we started touring and here we are. And is that does that create a full-time opportunity for you? Are you a living musician living off touring and, and selling streams, I guess? I was going to say selling albums, but I don't know if that exists anymore. <laughs> yeah, we still sell albums. We sell lots of albums like at shows. That's where we sell right. the records. But yeah, it is full-time. It became full-time uh, two or three years ago. Have you ever played Bonnaroo? Never played Bonnaroo. No, I feel like you're the perfect Bonnaroo band. I've gone to <laughs> Bonnaroo like six times. I had my bachelor party at Bonnaroo a number of years ago. And, and by the way, you just recently got married, right? I did. Yeah. Two weeks yeah. ago. Oh, congratulations. Thanks, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I want to hear about that also, but um, yeah. I was listening to the sound and as soon as you came on, I was like, these guys have to go to Bonnaroo. I mean, you're like the a perfect Bonnaroo band. I would love to do Bonnaroo, man. That'd be awesome. The yeah. the biggest like major festival we've done, I think, is Glastonbury in the U.S. Oh, yeah. Most That's of the festivals we do are kind of small folk bluegrass festivals. Yeah, yeah. I saw I saw um, Mumford and Sons at Bonnaroo. I've seen them a bunch of times. I saw them at Bonnaroo, and it was one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. It was just electric. They the first year they were supposed to be there, they had to pull out because one of their members had developed cancer, and they had to pull out like last second. And then they came back, it got better, and they came back the next year, and it was just oh, so man. emotional, and they just ripped the whole place apart. It was it was awesome. Oh, that's amazing, dude. I love that. If business yeah. is your music. Do you, do you have a manager and then someone who manages the group? We do now, yeah. Yeah, yeah we have a management team and uh, um, booking agents and all that kind of a thing now, so it's nice. Now we get to kind of focus on making music and, and enjoying for a while there, kind of when things started to get really busy, but before we had a manager. Um, and a team behind us it was just us four it was like we had no we didn't write songs for like there's like a year where we barely jammed barely wrote songs because we were just constantly doing the business side of things booking tours and making phone calls and emails and that kind of thing so it's really nice now to have the the team behind us yeah whenever people think about their favorite band they don't really see it as like a partnership they're like of course you're supposed to be together what you guys just don't get along it's perfect harmony <laughs> all the time yeah. but uh, anybody that's been in a business partnership before knows the struggle and how much hard work it takes to keep all these different people and personalities together mm -hmm. um, have you been in any businesses before but no, no man not really this is just the uh this is the first one 
Yeah. And it's kind of the same with all of us. None of us ran any businesses before or anything. So we just kind of learned by doing. And yeah. yeah. I love, uh, you ever listen to Howard Stern? Yeah. I love Howard Stern. So whenever he has these like legendary rockers come on and he just grills them and asks them these questions about, you know, like you guys were making such beautiful music. How could you have broken up? And they're just like, we're people. It's so, it's so hard to, to do what we do and do it over a long period of time. And it is, man. It's like being in a, it's like being in a four-way marriage. Honestly, <laughs> that's what it feels like. Like there's, yeah, it's uh, but we get along surprisingly well for, you know, we've been together since 2012. So almost 10 years. And yeah, I love those guys. We love each other. It's, it's really, really positive, uh, like team and road crew we've got going on and all things considered, we, we get along really, really well. That's awesome. So we're lucky. Yeah. Do any of the other guys, uh, train jujitsu? No, uh, Nate and Scott have both come and tried it out a few times, but none of them have, uh, have jumped in full time or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like, the better that I got at jujitsu and the more I understood jujitsu, it helped me become a better business partner because the same ebb and flow of conversation and getting along with people and just being able to kind of do like verbal jujitsu, business jujitsu, as I call it. Mm -hmm. me, I, I could imagine in a four-way marriage, you know, <laughs> being a, a jujitsu brown belt, you must have a, a, a leg up. Well, yeah, it helps with, I, I feel like it helps with everything, right? Like it, uh, you just get used to being on, you get comfortable being uncomfortable when you do jujitsu for long enough. And you're kind of able to think under pressure, think clearly under pressure and, and, uh, keep your emotions in check relatively, I find at least. Um, but yeah, we're, again, we're lucky though. Like we agree on most things. Like when we have a decision to make as a band, there's usually it's like 90% agreement, 10% like disagreement on maybe we disagree on the, the path we should take to get there, but we all kind of agree on the destination and so that's been really good. We're all kind of on the same wavelength and it is pretty incredible that, that that's the case because I know that for a lot of bands, that's not the case at all. <laughs> so, yeah, sure. yeah. Um, when is your next uh, tour? Well, we have a few shows in Alberta at the end of this month. So I think 10 days from today. Yeah. 10 days from today is our first, first show back in over a year and a half. And then the first tour starts September 11th in Oklahoma. And then we do a, a U.S. run, three-week U.S. run in September, October. So, oh, that's a great excited. time to do. Uh, that's a great time to do, do a tour. Weather's going to be perfect. That you know, those fall, those outdoor shows, and um, that, that's great. Yeah, it's so, gonna be awesome. yeah. What is what is jujitsu meant to you? You know, how how has it impacted your life and your career? What is uh, what is this crazy sport that we found ourselves in, you know, doing to make your life better? Oh man. I mean, obviously there's the physical benefit, right? That's like kind of the, the number one thing. Um, for me, it's like, it's sort of the backbone of everything else that I do. Like if I'm not doing jujitsu regularly, it's kind of when I start to get, um, get stuck in my own head. I overthink things. I find to get more anxious, more stressed out. Um, the jujitsu just kind of, if I'm training right, it's like a dose. I need like my daily dose and it, um, yeah, it just keeps me keeps me thinking straight, keeps me humble, keeps you grounded in reality, right? Um, there's nothing subjective about jujitsu, which is one of the things I love most about it. Um, and yeah, for me, it's just like, it's, yeah, it's the backbone of everything else that I do. And it also, it affects the way you think, right? Because jujitsu is just really fast problem solving um, in real time. And when you get good at doing that on the mat, you can get good at doing that everywhere else in life. 
So for me, it's just a, yeah, it's like a, uh, it helps me. How do I say it? It helps me like formulate the way I visualize the world, I guess. Yeah. If that makes any sense. It makes perfect sense to me. I think it's yeah. going to make a lot of sense to anybody listening to this because that really is uh, why we do this to, you know, you do begin to develop a different way of looking at the world and interacting with the world through this art. And it is a uh, problem solving based uh, methodology. Mm -hmm. That's something that you find in music as well. Um, there's definitely more subjectivity in music than there is in, um, in jujitsu. I mean, in jujitsu, either you tap or you don't right, or you get the guard pass or you don't music. There's a lot like what, what is a good band? There's, there's a lot of subjectivity, um, to that. Uh, but in terms of just like, like learning, um, extremely technical and subtle, um, ways of performing with your body then yes, there's a direct correlation between jujitsu and music. Um, it's just, it's like the way you drill a, a guard pass over and over and over again, you have to do the same thing with your scales and your, you know, your chord progressions and that kind of a thing. And it, you need to get to a point where it is, um, it's subconscious and you're not even thinking about it and your body's just, it's in your nervous system at that point and your body just takes over. And that's kind of the goal with jujitsu. And that's the goal with music as well is just developing those fine skills and the, the, what i love about jiu-jitsu and what i love about music is they're both pursuits that have no end you can do them forever your entire life and there's no such thing as, as true mastery there's always always improvements that can be made so i love i love that that aspect of both that is that's one of the reasons i love it as well um when i was younger and i was exploring music i i didn't i felt like if i wasn't good at something then i didn't want to do it and with jujitsu, I've I started doing jujitsu when I was 24. I'm 36 now, and I'm still in love with it. As, I, I'm more in love with it now than mm -hmm. I've been. Music, I wish that I would have had the maturity at a young age when I picked up the violin when I was in middle school to stick with it and stay musical because I do. I have this like the music is running through my body and I feel it and I can think in harmonies and. And sometimes when I'm doing jujitsu, it's musical to me. Mm -hmm. um, is is do you feel like you're playing music sometimes when you're doing jujitsu, and vice versa? Do do you catch yourself playing music and being like, "Oh my god," I, like almost like I'm I'm rolling? Yeah, totally. So with the music, when I'm playing music, sometimes on stage, you know, you'll I'll, I'll fuck something up, I'll fuck up a part, and then I have to improvise and, and find my way back to what the rest of the band is doing, and. That really reminds me of jujitsu because it's like, you know, you, you fail the guard pass and now you have to have a plan B and yeah. you be able to think on your feet and make it look like that's what you meant to be doing the whole time. Right. And I think that's like a good, a good jujitsu player and a good musician. They don't appear like they're making a lot of mistakes, even though if you ask them, they'll probably say, oh yeah, no, I fucked this up and I had to, I had to catch <laughs> myself by doing this or, you know, I fucked up the knee cut. So I had to backstep, you know, whatever, even though it might look like you had the backstep planned all along. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of when I'm doing jujitsu, um, does it feel like I'm playing music? Yes. Yeah. Sometimes when you get into the, when you're right in the groove, just having one of those awesome sessions where your timing is, your timing's on and everything feels good. It does feel like, like you're playing music. I heard a, uh, an interview with, I think it was Hanato Canudo who says he like, he kind of dances and, and sort of pretends he's performing music and dance when he's competing and when he's rolling and, and uh, he likes to listen to music beforehand to get him get himself in the right headspace. I, I thought that was really really cool. Yeah, I feel that as well. 
my sensei is an incredible musician and artist and martial artist. He went to FIT for fine art. His wife is a fine artist. Wow. And over the years, sometimes as he's passing my guard with ease and he's putting in a strangle, he'll just be humming, you know, yeah, <laughs> singing, yeah. a lullaby, like go to sleep, you know, just like, yeah. you know, or, or play, singing, humming to the music that's playing on the loudspeaker. He has like a playlist. It, just, it always gets updated, but it's at the same, like all these songs and sometimes just be singing it to me like, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome man i've never been choked out by someone humming me a song before yeah so. just gen gently like humming me to sleep he's a very very interesting person and just yeah. like i said an incredible artist and martial artist and musician and who, so who is your sensei his name is nardu deborah and he's a uh he's a black belt under john donahar and, and uh Henzo oh, wow. oh dude that's awesome where do yeah. you where do you train i train at a, our school is called budokan and we're a Henzo Gracie affiliate in New York on Long Island. So okay. we're about uh, 30 minutes outside of New York City. Awesome. Direct train ride. And so. Well, next uh, time would, I'm in New York, I'd love to come and I'd love to come yeah, train. Please. That would be great. Awesome. Or, or is New York on the tour? Yeah. No, I don't think it's on this September one, but it is sometime soon. Yeah. Oh, this good. Or January. I think January, actually. We'll definitely. Definitely put that together. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I've been, I've been very lucky to uh, train under him for my whole career but i i do spend a lot of time traveling for work and mm -hmm. everywhere i go i brought my gi and my rash guard and i just drop yes, things all over the world and all over the country Same. and many of them i've developed great relationships where i come back year after year after year and and i've trained and it's it's such a beautiful sport in that way where you can drop in and as soon as you start rolling and feeling the energy it's like okay you're welcome in yeah you're home it's like i've i've been to i think I keep a list on my phone of all the gyms I've been to, but I think I've been to 66 different gyms all over Canada, US and Europe. And every, every time like I get in there, it's kind of uncomfortable at first. It's a new spot. You don't know what the vibe is going to be, but the second you start rolling, it's just like, feels home. It's yeah. just like, yeah, it's, it's really incredible. And the jujitsu community, like I don't, I've never had a bad experience at a, at a gym and all, you know, almost 70 gyms. Never once have I had a bad experience. Everyone has been more like more than welcoming, they go yep. out of your out of their way to to make you feel at home, and it's just it really is incredible. Yeah, me too. That's been my experience as well. Yeah. Um, not always don't always love every gym that I go to, but I do have a great experience. Sure. Do yeah. you do you get butterflies before you're about to go into a new gym? Um, for a while I did. Um, yeah. then I got so used to being on tour all the time and always just training at a different gym. It didn't. Uh, after a while, it didn't didn't affect. Yeah. Me. yeah. I I still I still get butterflies before I'm going to go into a new gym. And even sometimes gyms I've been to lots of times, I don't know who's going to be there that day. I don't know what the vibe's going to be. Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes if I'm like, sometimes I'm, I'm super in shape. Sometimes I'm a little out of shape and it just yeah. depends on, uh, but <laughs> most, most recently I went down and I spent five days with uh, Gordon and John Donahar and the crew in Puerto Rico. Oh, dude. I, 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 I went for my 36th birthday. That was my gift to myself. Five oh, days. Oh, hell yeah, man. And uh, I was walking into that gym and my, my hands were shaking, you know, just, but as soon as I got there, they made me feel so at home and that was it. There was no, they just, it was right into training. As a matter of fact, my very, my first session was uh, with Nikki Rod, you know, just doing positional <laughs> training. Crazy. He was going at like a one and I could be going at a hundred, my best round I've ever had. It was, he was a hundred steps ahead of it. So, yeah. but it was, it was just really, I still get that feeling and it's just 
but I love that feeling. You know, I love that feeling of being uncomfortable and putting myself in that position over mm -hmm. and over again. I love that too, man. That's another thing that jujitsu has, uh, has, uh, like another way it's really affected me is that the, um, like stepping outside of my comfort zone is so much easier than it used to be. And it's getting easier and easier all the time. Like I, um, even just doing this, like reaching out to you and talking about getting on this podcast is something like yeah. I usually wouldn't do. And I just started live streaming on Twitch too, for about a month I've been doing that. And that's yeah. way out of my comfort zone, but I have this, like, I think between jujitsu and playing live music, I kind of, I'm not, I don't have any fear of making an ass out of myself publicly mm -hmm. anymore. Cause I've done it a million times. Like I've gone yeah. to jujitsu gyms and gotten whooped up as a purple belt, have white and blue belts you know, fuck me up because whatever, <laughs> I'm just having a bad session that day or whatever. And I've screwed up on stage so many times that like that, that fear of looking like an idiot doesn't scare me anymore. I'm just used to looking like an idiot. So it's uh, yeah. <laughs> totally fine. Yeah. So jujitsu and live music have both really, really helped in that, in that regard for sure. Uh, two of the guests on this show have also been gamers. Kit Dale was recently on the show, mm -hmm. longtime Brazilian jiu-jitsu competitor, and we got to talking about gaming. Mm -hmm. And he's now, he said, in one of the top 1% of gamers in the world and wow. has like a big Twitch following and streaming following. And he was filling me in on the parallels between gaming and becoming really good at gaming as a profession mm -hmm. and how he approached jujitsu. And so there were some interesting parallels there too. I've, I've never gone on Twitch. I've never watched Twitch, but I'm very, very fascinated about the the industry, how it's growing. You know, for example, I have a three-year-old son. I've been thinking a lot lately if he came to me and said, like, I want to be a professional gamer, I would have to take that deadly seriously. Mm -hmm. you know, I, wouldn't, I can't shut it down the way that my parents would have been like a gamer. You can't be a gamer. You know, today, if your kid wants to be a gamer, you got to put the time and energy and resources to them gaming. Yeah, isn't uh, it crazy? It's crazy. And, it and it's, it's a, a multi-billion dollar opportunity as a career. So being a content creator um, for gaming or for anything else is, is something that you have to take seriously. So yeah, I think the fact that you're doing it and reaching out and starting this, and by the way, I think it's in its infancy. Mm -hmm. Like you might have a 20 or 30 year career ahead of you streaming. Yeah, well I do like, um, I'm not really into the competitive gaming thing. I'm not good enough. Like I watch kids, uh, Twitch actually and hang out in his chat every now and again. And he's, yeah. he's freaking good. And actually the guy from uh, the singer for Trivium, I don't know if you know the metal band Trivium. No. Um, he's a big, big Twitch guy as well. He, he plays Warzone, and he's really, really good. But um, most of my streams lately have actually been music streams. So I do like banjo mm -hmm. playing, play dead South songs, play some covers. And, and that's been, that's been a blast. It's let been me, super, super fun. Let me, uh, let me share my screen for a second. And I want to pull up some of your playing. Cause it's, uh, it's phenomenal. I mean, <laughs> thanks, man. It's, obviously, when you have a band like like yours and you guys are on the rise, uh, this one was the one that I was yes, just, the Lamb of God. Blown away. Yeah. You don't often think of the banjo and metal going together, but no, man. But I'm doing my best. <laughs> it's <been> awesome. <laughs> well done. So this this is amazing. I encourage everybody to check this out, and and I want to get back to this post in a second of your, of your for sure, man. Um, but man, did you have a this one? 
It wasn't this, but this is just great. I mean, thanks, man. Like I said, I I am a big consumer of music and all kinds of music. House music has really been the thing that I've connected with my during my life and what I've spent lots of time and energy in. But as a father and running businesses it's harder and harder to go out especially since i got married but uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love house music too man and edm and dubstep yes. and that stuff i love it yeah so i just i just love that music and connect with it but one of the things you're working on is becoming an, an, an independent game programmer and developer a producer mm -hmm. um i i love this post that you put up and you basically said listen i'm a white belt when it comes to making making music I think anybody that does jujitsu starts to paint those parallels in other parts of their life too. You know, it's like, well, I started swimming, but I'm, I'm a white belt in swimming or I started running and I'm a, I'm a, oh, Ricardo Almedia said that on this podcast. He's like, I started running because my, my children are running in high school and I'm a white belt. So yeah, just, just tell me a little bit about how you came into this indie game development and, and what it means to you and what we're looking at over here. For sure. Okay. So yeah, first of all, I love the parallel. I love the, uh, you know, there's kind of the debate on whether the, the belts, the belt system should stay in jujitsu and some people are for it, some are against it. I'm all for it because I love the way that it allows you to like right now as a, as a brown belt, um, I can start something like I know what it takes to go from white belt to brown belt in jujitsu. Yeah. And I and know that if I can do that in jujitsu, I can do that in pretty much anything else. And just kind of having that like visual system and, and being able to assess your own abilities in something I think is, is really, really important. So, and also like I tell all the white belts who started our gym, like it's really tough at first and progress, like you tap 10 times in a five minute roll. And then the next week you tap eight times that's progress at, yeah. at, at the start, you know? And like, um, and that's how I see every other new thing that I try and start is I, I allow myself to be a white belt and to suck at it. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with game development. So over COVID, obviously we weren't touring at all, um, stuck at home with lots and lots of spare time on my hands. And I kept saying to my, my wife, like we were watching a lot of dragons Den or uh, shark tank, I guess is the American version. We were yeah. watching that a lot. And there's tons of like programmers that come on there with some sort of app or product or something. And every time we would watch it, I would say, I, I want to learn programming. I just, for some reason, I feel kind of drawn to, to that thing it's something i'd like same sort of thing with jujitsu i'd like to at least be competent and understand what's going on there it just seems so interesting yeah um and i have a couple friends i do jujitsu with who are computer science guys and they they told me about uh game maker studio which is like a a relatively simple way to start making games and learning a programming language mm. and so i just I, I downloaded it bought the license and just kind of started hacking away and so right now i'm almost finished my first game it's called dots it's just mm -hmm. a top-down like 2D puzzle exploration game, really, really simple. Is that what we're looking at right here? That's what we're looking at now. Yeah, it looks quite a bit different now. Yeah, um, but yeah, so that's what we're looking at from that post there. So you just go from room to room. You got to figure out what the room requirements are, solve the puzzle, and then there's like a, a big mega puzzle at the end. Cool. And, and then that's it. So hopefully that'll be out sometime. Again, I have, I'm a white belt. I have no idea. I'm a white belt in in game development, and I'm less than a white belt in game marketing and <laughs> and uh you know how to release a game so yeah that's another thing i'm gonna have to figure out but yeah it'll be out event i might just release it for free i'm not even sure but yeah eventually it'll be out. 
Yeah. The you, you say here you started with a pink box, this pink mm -hmm. square. So yeah. is that's like the first pixel. It's basically just one pink square, and then you build build off of that. Pretty much, yeah. So the pink square was the the player. I didn't have an actual player uh, character or anything. It was just a square, and I was just kind of practicing typing in the code to make the square move from tile to tile and that kind of a thing. And then I started practicing collisions. So if he comes up against a wall, the square yeah. has to stop, and it has to detect the collisions. And, and then I added boxes, so you can push the boxes around. And then I added um, the floor the floor tiles, which are kind of what the puzzles are based on. It's it's all white and black dots, which is why the game is called dots. And you have to figure out like what the, what the dots mean and what they're, what uh, is required of you in each room. And then, yeah, it's kind yeah. of, it. but yeah. Great. Yeah. I through jujitsu and building businesses and, and having lots of employees. I, I've come to really appreciate the beginner and the person that just starts and I actually have some, some stories that I've written about in my first book about really talented people who don't have any patience for beginners and mm -hmm. chastise them, yell at them. You don't know what you're doing. You, you should know how to do this. And, you know, it would be like being an incredible athlete and being upset with someone because they're not fast or, mm -hmm. you know, things that are innately um, come to you naturally, hold, you know, attack people because it just doesn't come natural for them. Mm -hmm. And uh, whenever I see people who are starting something new, I just, I get so jazzed up about that. That's what this project is to me. You know, I started this podcast. I'd never done podcasting. I'd never been in front of a camera. I didn't have social media. Um, I was a very private person. I didn't want to be in the limelight. I didn't want any kind of attention really. Yeah. And but I, that. I had this incredible passion for what I was doing. And I had this realization that being social is moving online, is turning into Twitch, is gaming, is doing all these things. I said, do I want to be a dinosaur? Do I want to be someone who pretends like this whole other world isn't existing? Or do I want to be a part of this new economy? And so I just jumped into it. And I my very first podcast on this was with my best friend. And you know, he doesn't even do jujitsu. I just had to get started. <laughs> yeah, man. I love it, dude. That's like, I love that too. I love the idea of, I, I love seeing people begin something and i love being a beginner i love that feeling of like i have no idea what i'm doing but i'm gonna figure it out um when we first started the band we had a meeting with um a guy named jp elson who is the the head of sask music which is kind of like a provincial body that just helps kind of independent musicians mentorships and that kind of thing we had a meeting with him and it was really really early on in the band we had just like um played a couple of shows starting to kind of you know, let's try and take this seriously and see what we can do and set a little meeting with him. And he said something that has always stuck with me and I kind of apply it to everything. He said, before you book tours, before you think about recording, before you think about doing anything, play a hundred shows. You have to play 100 shows before you do anything else. And if you can get through those hundred shows, you'll kind of realize a little bit more about who you are. You'll have a more realistic um, understanding of where you're at. Um, it'll give you the practice and the confidence that you need to kind of move forward. And I apply that to everything. So with these stream, the streaming stuff I was telling you about, like, uh, anyone who watches the stream knows it's just technical issues. There's video delay, there's audio delay, there's lag, like the streams cutting out and going back in. And it's just like, but I told myself at the start, I'm not even going to worry about making a good stream for at least the first hundred streams. The first hundred are just to figure out what's going on. Yep. And when you're not afraid of, of failing for those first hundred times you do something, it's like, it's a really liberating feeling. 
And uh, yeah, so I, I love that, man. I love being a beginner. And it's awesome to hear that. Like, I, I didn't know that this was your first podcast or anything. Like, that's really, really cool. Yeah, it's uh, this was my first my first foray. And I wrote down all my dream people that I wanted to have on this podcast. And I never imagined that within my first year, I was going to have John Danahar or Gordon Ryan or Ricardo Amazing, man. Or, yeah, or any of these guys that were going to have interest because I had zero followers on social media. I never had Instagram before. I didn't know how to do it. Uh, and I didn't want to do it. I was reluctant mm. to, to go on social media. Yeah. But I was very passionate about jujitsu and business and what it's meant in my life. And I said, I'm going to go for it full force. Good for you, man. I love and, that. Yeah. And just when I started reaching out to people, like, oh, yeah, I'd love to talk to you about that. It's like, great. <laughs> Let's do it. And, uh, and the following just started to build. And then it became a little bit easier to, to get in touch with people and great people like yourself just reaching out and, and wanting to talk about how jujitsu is impacting their life and, and their business. So just really excited to be participating in this new, you know, where the, where the world is going, this TikTok crazy, hyper fast, you know, Twitch YouTube world. Did you ever read the book in high school, um, death of a salesman? I did. Yeah. I don't remember much about it though. The essence of Death of a Salesman was the main character was Willie Loman, mm -hmm. and he never changed. He never got with the times. He was living in the past, and he was a, a salesman who couldn't sell anymore. He basically lost his mojo. Okay, and so <laughs> he never finds it in the book, really. But you you don't want to be that guy, you know. You you want to constantly keep changing and evolving and growing and learning, and you know that's what jujitsu 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 represents to me. It's so explicit that if you don't keep evolving, you start to decline. Mm -hmm. In business, it's not so easy to see those parallels because once you start to get a little successful, once you start to get a little, uh, you build a team, you build money, well, that's the way we do it. That's the way we have to do it. Why would we change it? Mm -hmm. uh, the reason why you change it is because it's dying. <laughs> that's the like the number one um, like survival trait is adaptability, right? And you need to be able to yeah, you need to be able to adapt. Uh, it's funny you say like the you're talking about how you like hated social media and now you're you know you're you're all involved in it because I was the exact same until just like a six weeks ago or whenever I started streaming. But I hated Instagram. I hated Facebook. I just hated social media. I found it toxic and and like anxiety inducing. And in these last few weeks that I've been streaming, I've turned something that was like a negative thing in my life into a real positive thing. Like now I love going on Instagram and checking the messages and going on Twitch and going on discord and chatting with people. And, um, and yeah, it's like, I, either, I had two options, right? It was either, or actually, I guess three, keep everything the same and just hate social media forever, go off the grid and never, you know, connect with anyone online at all. Or like you said, adapt and, you know, just embrace the way the world's going and see if I can make it work for me. And yeah, yeah, it's been really, it's been a really good, uh, like experience so far. I was positive that. So in 2013, when I had Instagram and I, I, I very famously in my group of friends quit, I was positive by 2015, it was going to be outlawed. I was like, how could <laughs> this thing is so bad? I thought it was gonna like cigarettes. I thought the government was going to step in. They saw all the suicides. They saw all the kids and all the problems. I thought they were going to step in and regulate it somehow. Mm -hmm. Obviously I was wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then... I also saw how powerful it was for my business and then I, and then I made that realization and I, I, I had to have that moment of where I said, am I going to ignore this 
because every other part of my life in business and jujitsu and all places, I was preaching this attitude of embrace change, look to the future, where's the world going? And, uh, and this isn't slowing down. I, and I do think that podca- podcasts and long format is a really, really great uh, mechanism for getting your voice out there and being able to talk about things and meet with people that you share commonality with all over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not just reg- regulated to your friend group or your community or where you grew up. Now you can develop relationships with people all over the world. I was just in Greece for my sister's wedding. And I went to a BJJ school there, uh, Mykonos BJJ. And the head instructor, Greek, been living in Greece his whole life. And him and I were talking like we're old friends because through social media, we knew everything going on in the jiu-jitsu world. Who was mm-hmm. all grappling that weekend? What's this guy up to? Hey, did you see that technique he put on YouTube? I'm like having a conversation with a guy from halfway around the world. What would we have had in common 15 years ago? It would yeah. have been much harder to, to develop that kind of bond. Absolutely. Yeah, it's really cool, man. I, I love everything you're saying because I feel like I'm experiencing these parallels in my life as well. Like, um, so one of the these communities I've gotten involved in in Twitch is the uh, like the metal guitar community. I just get along with these guys. I've met so many awesome people. And it's like I've been waiting my whole life to nerd out about like the Lamb of God discography. you know. And like in, a, in high school, I had some buddies I would talk to this shit about. But like now there's just like there's all these people who are on the exact same wavelength. We'll just start chatting and we're talking about, you know, we see the same bands on the same tours 10 years ago and, and we'll, we'll talk about the show. And I don't know, it's just really, really, it, it really can be a positive thing if you, if you, uh, if you curate it. Yes. Um, if that way, you know. Yeah. You so. have to, you have to be very intentional about what you're letting through the gates, mm-hmm. what you're looking at, what you're viewing, how it's affecting you. And I've been very uh, aware of that. I, I try to be as aware of, as possible. I'm sure that a lot slips through, but you know, when I go on these platforms, I want to make sure that what gets through this, these two <laughs> and these two eyes is helping me achieve my goals and not stop me from achieving my goals. And sometimes, you know, especially like on this TikTok, I don't know, are you on TikTok? Have you, have you tried this? My wife loves TikTok, but I just, for some reason, I, I haven't, I haven't jumped in yet. I know I need to just bite the bullet and get in there because it's yeah. the way, that's the way everything's going. But I just, I don't like TikTok and I don't like Twitter. So I've been avoiding those two, but eventually I'm going to have to get there. It's a very powerful platform. We're using it for my company, and we we amassed about ten thousand followers. And I remember our we have about two hundred and twenty five thousand followers on Instagram for my business. And very the first eleven thousand, I remember, were so engaged in the business. This was in mm-hmm. two thousand eleven, and it wasn't cool, and it wasn't curated, and it wasn't it isn't what it is today. But those first ten thousand TikTok followers, once again, are so engaged with the brand, and there's just the it, it's like these things develop. They want people want to be in touch with you, and it mm-hmm. just depends on exactly. Like I said, if you are intentional about not letting it bring you down, it can be a force for good. Hundred like percent. Using your jujitsu, I learned jujitsu. I learned fighting. You learn fighting, but we're not walking around the street putting people in chokeholds. We know how to regulate what we're learning so that totally. it benefits our life. And that's the approach I'm trying to take with social media and, and have a more healthy relationship with it. Me too, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm going through the exact same thing right now with social media. So it's, it's cool yeah. to talk to you about this because yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Awesome. Well, talking about things I like on social media, I want to pull up uh, your band page over here on Spotify. Cause when I was checking you guys out, the dirty South, I put these songs on. I was like, Oh man, that's good. <laughs> Thanks, man. I'm glad this you enjoyed it. Yeah, this is the this is the big one. 
<laughs> Thanks. I'm glad I you like it. it. I really, I really like it. I was uh, not that I wasn't surprised, but you know, when you when you look up music and you just you can hear it, and you're like, oh man, 60 million views. Well, that's why because it's uh, awesome. And <laughs> your um, your contribution to that band on the banjo is is extremely pronounced. I mean, it's a it's a you're you're front and center on most of these songs. Oh, thanks, man. I kind of approach it like, like, uh, like I said, I grew up playing like metal guitar. So I, I approach the instrument kind of like playing a lead guitar and I try and write, write parts that are more lead guitar parts. So, yeah. That yeah. comes across, um, uh, really awesome. Our people can find you at, let me see here. The Colton Crawford on Instagram, Instagram, the Colton Crawford. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to set up your Twitch over here too. Mm-hmm. The called oh, Colton Crawford on Twitch. Yep, twitch.tv slash Colton Crawford. Yeah, I mean. yeah. So here, let me just give me a little Twitch tutorial. So it's similar to YouTube and the fact that you, you stream live, but then they stay here. So I can click in here and I can come watch your stream. Yes. Yeah. So the it's like YouTube but live. And the whole the whole um like kind of what you're doing on the stream is almost secondary to like hanging out with the, the community and the people in the chat. So mm. uh, this morning I did one, we were playing banjo. Um, I'm practicing up for these tours. So we played a bunch of dead South songs, then did some covers and, and that kind of thing and took requests and, That's and awesome. uh, yeah, it's really, really fun, man. I, I love it. It's a, it's like, I feel like social media, the like mission statement for most social media is creating connections between people. Yeah. Um, but I feel like on Twitch, that's really, it's really, really true. Like I've, I've made some really meaningful connections with people, like both people who hang out in my, in my streams and in my chats and people who I've, who I've met through, you know, hanging out in their streams and, and in discord servers and that kind of a thing. And it's, it's been really, really, it's actually surprising how meaningful it's become, how meaningful of a part of my life it's become in just the last month or so. It's uh, made a noticeable impact on my, my mood and my overall just kind of, yeah. yeah, feeling. Yeah, I'll end on this. In 2017, uh, when I first started thinking about business jujitsu, and I was just scribbling in my notebook, which I carry everywhere with me, I wrote down, make your heroes your friends. I love it. And I just, you know, I was like, that was it. That was like my concept. And when I started, I started this in January of 2020. And in the same notebook, I or probably five iterations of it later, but yeah. I started to just handwrite all the people that I want to talk to and meet. And it's like, people always think that manifesting and putting your intention towards something. Oh, that's so cheesy. That's so stupid. But it's like, no, it's, you're doing this now as a computer programmer. Like I always tell people that when you take notes, it's like programming in your mind, what you want from yourself. A hundred percent. I love that. Yeah. So Yeah. That's really yeah. cool, man. Make your heroes, your friends. That's, I like that a lot. That's cool. Yeah. Listen, love getting to know you. Big fan of your music. I uh, I followed you guys on Spotify, and I'm gonna I'll get an alert the next time you're in New York. But if you can remember, please uh, email me and let me know you're when you're going to be in town for some jujitsu, and I, I'd love to come check out your show. Absolutely, man. We'll set that up for sure. That sounds great. Awesome. Well, have a great day, Colton, and I will uh, hopefully I'll see you soon. Yeah. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. Yep. Yeah, bye. Cheers.